We meet today in Isaiah chapter 25 all the way to chapter 27 and we will be looking at selected verses in this section. However, I want to highlight that in this section we are talking of the coming kingdom. After the Lord Jesus comes and ends the tribulation period, he will establish the kingdom. Chapter 25 and 26 bring us into the kingdom age. The king is coming and there will be the kingdom of heaven upon this earth. This has been predicted throughout the Old Testament. And when John the Baptist began his ministry, his message was clear. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 3 verse 2. Then the Lord Jesus himself took upon the same theme and he preached, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 4 verse 17. But he was rejected as the king, you see. You can't have a kingdom without a king. Isaiah 25 is a wonderful song, a song of three stanzas. This chapter, like chapter 12, is a poem of praise, a song of undiluted joy. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name. For you have done wonderful things. Your counsels of old are faithful and true. Isaiah 25 verse 1. This is praise to God for his deliverance. This is a song of sheer delight, wonder and worship. It comes from a heart full to overflowing. For the worshiper has come into a new knowledge of who God is and what he has done. For you have made a city a ruin, a fortified city a ruin, a palace of foreigners to be a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. Isaiah 25 verse 2. You see, all of the past is now gone. They are delivered from their enemies of the past. They no longer need a war around a city to protect them. Speaking of the deliverance of God's people, Israel. Therefore, the strong people will glorify you. The city of the terrible nations will fear you. Isaiah 25 verse 3. Now, the greatest turning to God is in the future, when the night of sin and the great tribulation will be over. Weeping will endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. That is what we have here. There will be boundless joy during the kingdom age. For you have been strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shed from the heat. For the blast of the terrible ones is as a storm against the war. Isaiah 25 verse 5. Now you see they recall the awful blasphemy of the last days personified in one of whom it is written, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. This is according to Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 4. And that speaks of the Antichrist. But that Antichrist will be put down as are all the enemies of God. The second stanza in this 
chapter of Isaiah gives us praise to God for the provision of present needs. And in this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of choice pieces, a feast of wine on the lees, of fat things full of marrow, of well-refined wines on the lees. Isaiah 25 verse 6. Now the feast here speaks of God's blessing on many kind after the judgment. This shows that the purpose of God's judgment is conversion and restoration, not simply vindictive. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. The rebuke of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. Isaiah 25 verse 8. This together with the word from Isaiah's contemporary, uh, Hosea, according to Hosea chapter 13 verse 14, is the first announcement that death is to disappear and to cease to be a reality because of the victory won by Jesus Christ. And that victory is talked about by Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 54 to 57, in Revelation chapter 21 verse 4. The removal of sin also erases sorrow, according to Revelation 7, verse 17. And the word rebuke or reproach shall also end during the reign of the Messiah. What a great day. The third stanza of Isaiah 25 is the praise to God in anticipation of the future joys. And it will be said in that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Isaiah 25, verse 9. You see, as we come to the final stanza, attention is now drawn to the person of God. It is with him that men have to do. The world will be deceived by the Antichrist, but the real Christ, the real Messiah, the real ruler of the earth will come. His salvation is going to be vital to men in that day. Men will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. The fortress of the high fort of your walls he will bring down, lay low, and bring to the ground down to the dust. Isaiah 25 verse 12. You see here, all the pride of men will be brought down. This is the period when the meek shall inherit the earth. The meek are not doing too well today, but in that day they shall inherit the earth. Now chapter 26 continues with the kingdom theme. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God will appoint salvation for wars and bulwarks. Isaiah 26 verse 1. You see, as this chapter begins, we see it begins with a hymn to be sung by the redeemed Israel. This is their prospect. In that day, this song will be sung in Judah. They don't have this song today. It is obvious that the present return to Israel is not a fulfillment of this prophecy as yet. With my soul I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me I will seek you early. For when your judgments are in the earth, 
the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Isaiah 26 verse 9. That phrase, with my soul, have I desired you in the night, is a wonderful one. I wonder if you and I recognize the great need of communion with Christ. In the Song of Solomon, the bride said, Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Song of Songs 1 verse 12. That was the kiss of pardon and of peace and of passion. Then the bride, recognizing that she can't rise to the heights she desires, says, Draw me, we will run after you. That is in Song of Songs 1 verse 4. So Isaiah is expressing the same thought here. My friend, when you lie down on your bed at night, do you have a desire for God? Do you really want him? Do you have a real passion for him? Are you able to say, draw me and I'll run after you? And in the time of the millennium, they will be saying, with my soul, I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me, I will seek you early. Lord, in trouble they have visited you. They poured out a prayer when your chest turning was upon them. Isaiah 26 verse 16. You see, my friend, in the past, the remnant turned in prayer to God. Now they go back in retrospect to those days. As a woman with a child is in pain and cries out in her pangs, when she draws near the time of her delivery, so have we been in your sight, O Lord. Isaiah 26 verse 17. In the great tribulation, the nation Israel was like a woman in childbirth. So great was their suffering. The prophet is now looking back over that period, which is yet future. He saw it from the other side of the river of time. When we have been with a child, we have been in pain. We have, as it were, brought forth wind. We have not accomplished any deliverance in the earth nor have the inhabitants of the world fallen. Isaiah 26 verse 18. He says, We have as it were brought forth wind. That is, the suffering produced no fruitful results. Their suffering was just suffering, but nothing to show for it. So this period did not change the heart of the wicked. They continued to blaspheme the God of heaven. Today the suffering that comes to you, my friend, like a birth pang, will either bring forth something worthwhile or it can just be wind. You see, if you do not know God, you can simply suffer and bring nothing out of it. But with God, it can be fruitful. Your dead shall live. Together with my dead body, they shall arise. Awake and sing, you who dwell in dust. For your Jew is like the Jew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Isaiah 26 verse 19. That's what it will be like. Now chapter 27 of Isaiah concludes the threefold songs of the coming of the kingdom, which we have seen beginning with chapter 25. So we begin now with the song of the vineyard. In that day the Lord with his severe sword, great and strong, will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, Leviathan, that twisted serpent, 
and he will slay the reptile that is in the sea. Isaiah 27 verse 1. Again, this verse begins with the word in that day, and that day projects us immediately into the future. As we have said, this is a technical expression that refers to the day of our Lord. It is a day that begins as the Hebrew day did with the evening, the time of the great tribulation, and it goes on into the millennial kingdom. In that day, sing to her a vineyard of red wine. Isaiah 27 verse 2. Now, here it looks like chapter 27 begins with verse 2, and that verse 1 belongs to the previous chapter. Well, there is a change of subject at this point. In that day, sing to her. This is the millennium, and we all can sing now. We all can join in the singing. The night of sorrow is over. And then you are introduced to a vineyard of red wine. This speaks of abundance, fruitfulness, bounty, and joy. What a contrast this is to Isaiah 5. In Isaiah 5, we had the song of the vineyard, but it was a mournful chant. That vineyard was Israel, and God was going to bring judgment because she hadn't brought forth fruit. Here we are now in the millennial, and there is abundance of fruit. Why? The reason is given. I, the Lord, keep it. I water it every moment, lest any hurt it. I keep it night and day. Isaiah 27 verse 3. You see, the Lord is the husbandman here, and never again will he ever let the vineyard out to others. A vineyard that is not under the custody of the Lord Jesus will not show anything, even like a woman who gives birth only to wind and nothing fruitful. God is the husbandman, and he keeps an eye upon the vineyard continually. He watches it day and night so that no enemy may enter it. This ought to say something to those who believe that God is through with Israel. He is not yet, my friend. Scripture makes it very clear that he is not through with Israel. Or let him take hold of my strength, that he may make peace with me, and he shall make peace with me. Isaiah 27 verse 5. You see here the enemy makes peace with God, even in the kingdom. For God never ceases to be merciful. Thank God for that. He is rich in mercy, which means that he has plenty of it. He is rich in grace, and I need more of it. Why does he do that? that he may make peace with me. This is the only place in scripture where it is even suggested that man can make peace with God. Of course, here it is to do with obedience to the king and not the acceptance of Christ as Savior. Man cannot make peace with God about the sin question. God has already settled the sin question. Isaiah 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When you are ready to agree with God and trust him for what he has done through Christ on the cross, then you will have peace. You won't have it until then. So this verse is not talking about our day, but it is talking about the time of the millennium. 
Has he struck Israel as he struck those who struck him? Or has he been slain according to the slaughter of those who were slain by him? Isaiah 27 verse 7. The question here, why does God judge Israel more than other nations? Well, the reason is clear. Light creates more responsibility in view of the fact that Israel had more light. Her sin was blacker and her punishment was greater. She received more stripes than the nations who smote her. Yet God will not allow Israel to be destroyed. Listen to this. Therefore, by this, the iniquity of Jacob will be covered. And this is all the fruit of taking away his sin. When he makes all the stones of the altar, like chalk stones that are beaten to dust, wooden images and incense altars shall not stand. Isaiah 27 verse 9. You see here, it was not the suffering for sin that atoned for Israel's sin. The sin of Jacob was purged by the blood offering, and the sin of the nation will be expiated by the blood of Christ. Just as you were saved as a sinner, that is the way it will take place in that day. Those who say that God is through with Israel simply have not read passages of scriptures like this. Here is Isaiah 27, verse 10 to verse 13. Yet the fortified city will be desolate, the habitation forsaken and left like wilderness. There the calf will feed, and there it will lie down and consume its branches. When its boughs are withered, they will be broken off. The women come and set them on fire, for it is a people of no understanding. Therefore he who made them will not have mercy on them, and he who formed them will show them no favor. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord will thresh from the channel of the river to the brook of Egypt, and you will be gathered one by one, O you children of Israel. So it shall be in that day. The great trumpet will be blown. They will come who are about to perish in the land of Assyria, and they who are outcasts in the land of Egypt, and shall worship the Lord in the holy mount at Jerusalem. You see, however, the cities that Israel built are to be destroyed like any city that man builds apart from God. The great ruins in the world are the results of the judgment of the Almighty God. Why? Because they rejected light. They not only rejected light, they also rejected the person of the Son of God. My friend, this section reveals that God definitely intends to restore the nation Israel to the promised land. It is not a question of whether Israel is going to be restored to the land. It is a question of whether or not you believe the word of God. Again, it is not a question of whether you feel you are saved or not. It is the question of whether you believed the word of God, that it is only through the blood of Jesus Christ that anyone who believes will be saved. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, 
please write to The Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's The Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park 1620, South Africa.